0: Yeah, so we're back on the podcast here with a couple guests here. I got uh, Zach Luis Says, good friend of mine. He was on the social media podcast. Good to have you, Zach. Thanks for having me back. Happy to be here. For sure. And we also got a new friend, Justin.
1: What's going on, guys? Welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much.
0: So big topic today, Uh, a lot to get into. Health and wellness is the topic Um, for me. and, And we'll get into why each of us think that's such an important topic, but I mean, for me it's pretty obvious health and wellness you're you're going to feel better if you're focusing on health and wellness. You're going to be more effective, more productive. And I think there's more importance to health and wellness besides the effects it has on the individual, um on society at large. If each person's a little bit healthier, they're going to have more to offer to the rest of society. They're going to have um they're going to bring their best selves and that's what I really find for myself. The healthier I'm feeling, the more likely I'm gonna be uh, compassionate and, and, and friendly and, and, and bring a better self. Do so you guys see that as well? Like, obviously, you feel better, but you might be a better friend, a better family member, a better whatever it is. Wherever you show up, you're gonna be better because you're feeling physically and mentally healthier.
1: I'm with you 100%. That's exactly what I believe as well. Yeah. And on the other side, if you're not feeling healthy, it's like the example when, um, when you're really tired and you stub your toe yeah it hurts way more and you get frustrated and you yell and like sometimes you get emotional like there's the two aspects like to be healthy you're more motivated more compassionate like you said empathetic when you're unhealthy on the other side you're you tend to get angrier frustrated more easily so it does have a huge impact on impact on society so i'm with you
2: and also i think part of it too it's like it's hard to like um fill other people's cups If your glass is empty. Right. So I think like being the best version of yourself, like you're saying, it has a huge impact, not only on your life, but also like if you want to help people or help society or be like a productive member of your community. One of the best ways you can do that is to become the best version of yourself. Because it's like if I think a lot of people, they tend like like generally human beings are good. I think a lot of people, they want to be able to help people. Or, like, Mm -hmm. have purpose in their life or in their work through, like, being able to, like, help people, or create opportunities for people or lift people up. But, like, how are you going to do that if you're, like, if you're not, like, take yourself. You got to help yourself. And you got to be in a position to do that. And I think one of the best ways to put yourself in a position to do that, something that I've realized, it's, like, it's, you got to be sort of selfish in a way for your health like you gotta be um you gotta be in the position to be able to do that like you can't fill other people's glasses up if your glass is empty and this is something that i've realized like the hard way yeah it's like if like i had this like i like helping people but i had to be able to i had to do a lot of work on myself 1st and like i'm still working on myself still growing every day still learning all this And, like, that's where I'm, like, starting to get in a position where to create opportunities for people. And I think health, it's health and the wellness that brings the health. That's what allows you to get there, Mm -hmm. to do these sorts of things, to live a purposeful life, like, for the community or for your people, for your family. Like, how are you going to help your family if you can't even help yourself?
0: Yeah, for sure. Like, you know, if you're coming from a place where you feel horrible, you just don't have the energy to... To give more out to the rest of the world. Like, for example, if let's say I'm physically sick, my stomach's really hurting, I might be in a worse mood. So, when a friend comes over and they're asking for help, I'm a little bit more grumpy and I don't wanna lend a hand. Or if it's not physically, you're feeling a little less healthy. Maybe it's mentally, you're feeling a little more unwell. And that could be a massive list of things. You're feeling a little bit afraid, you're feeling a little bit insecure, anxious, depressed. You, all those things, that are on wellness are going to drain your energy and and make you less likely to want to give out to the world. So I think it's massive for yourself. Of course, like you want to feel good, uh, personally, you want to have more energy. You want to feel healthy. You want to feel, you want to feel good. That, that part to me is is pretty obvious of like why an individual might want to feel healthy. But I think the domino effect, uh, and the potential for improving people's health could really be pretty crazy. Like, if 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 each individual person got two percent healthier mentally and physically, I think that could create a, a better society. So all in all, I think this is a big, important topic. And um, yeah, like I know Justin, you you you've you're pretty passionate about health and wellness, and um, you have a a page that you've just started on, on on Instagram, and I think a blog as well. What what got you into um, the whole area of health and wellness?
1: Um. When I was a kid, I um, played a lot of sports and I started off, I think it was like 12. I had like lower back pain. So I was out for six months and it made a big difference in who I was as a kid, not being able to play soccer, basketball, track and field, all that. Yeah. Um, But didn't really think much of it. You know, I was a kid and um, through university, I was into lifting weights. And then after that, I got into the workforce and i remember people telling me this is a lie that everyone says that just bugs me people say like i was in university so i was working out consistently eating clean and then you know whether it's parents or other people in society like oh wait till you get a job you won't be able to keep that those habits right and it's like why do we give that message to people like oh wait until this and then it's like oh wait until you have kids then you'll be unhealthy or like oh wait until this or wait until you have more responsibilities it's like why isn't it like, no, like yeah. I will prioritize my health and wellness and then I'm going to do those other things, right? Um, so I've just always been passionate about it, like personal development. I know you're into that as well. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, well, like
0: you've probably seen when you prioritize your, your health and wellness, even if you are busy at work, you're busy with whatever else, you're probably more effective at those things, right? Because yeah, you'll be mentally sharper if you're taking care of your health, you're, you're sleeping well, you're eating well, all that stuff. And maybe even more confident. I found that's a big one with going to the gym. Like you go to the gym, you, you just feel better, whether it's like the endorphin boost or whatever's happening biologically, you just show up as a, a better, more effective person. So yeah, a hundred percent agree with what you're saying, how it is strange that people will sometimes say, Oh, I don't have time for that. Like that's, they, they consider like the health and wellness practices, like working out and, and other things a low priority like yep. if you have extra extra time then you'll go do that but it's not the it's not the main focus which i think it should be and maybe people just don't realize how how much that'll spread into the rest of what they're doing like uh, beneficial effects
1: are you guys uh, familiar with the compound effect
0: yes yeah, yes yeah, somewhat so, yeah for yeah. investing so and stuff
1: yeah so let's say we'll give an example here someone makes one little habit change to become healthier or improve their wellness let's say Every night after dinner, they go for a 10-minute walk. Okay, so instead of watching TV after dinner, they go for a 10-minute walk. You do that for a couple months. And then after that, let's say they feel inspired on their walk, so they start listening to a podcast. And then after a while, the walk turns into a 20-minute walk. The pod, now they, they start listening to podcasts on how to improve their relationships. How to start a podcast or how to do something else. Investing, whatever. And then that one little habit of walking 10 minutes. In a couple years, now they can have their side hustle or they can have a much better relationship. Or they could be listening to podcasts about money and their finances are in place. So it's like it does compound like little, little changes. And I think like our society gets so focused in on like you have to go crazy right away and do this big diet. Or you have to exercise six days a week right off the bat. It's like, dude, walk ten minutes a day. Right. See what happens after two, three months. Do you feel better? Are you enjoying it? Yeah. Compound. Keep building on that. That's all it has to be. It doesn't have to be this big crazy thing.
0: I think that's a great message too, because a lot of people they might maybe they haven't really started a lot of their health and wellness practices and they look online and there's these people that are doing it all, they're like packing their schedule full of things they're taking the cold showers, the saunas, yep. they're like all these supplements and right. all these things. The ice baths. And it's maybe a bit daunting for them or like overwhelmed. Like, Oh geez, I don't know if I can do all that. But yeah, like you're saying, maybe you, you, start small and maybe that 10 minute walk that you do every day that while you're on your walk, you, you start thinking about other things and you decide you want to change, uh, eat a better breakfast that day or whatever. It's like, yeah, these right. things really do lead into, um, everything else. And, yeah, it's pretty, pretty massive thing.
2: I think just starting with that ten minute, like the uh, ten minute walk, it's a great space, a uh, great place to start, because just that ten minute walk. Say you do that, like you go from not walking at all to doing a ten minute walk every day or every four days. Like you do that for say a few months, you'll probably notice like a big change, like in your mood. You might lose weight. You might because usually when you start exercising, I know for myself. When I started getting more serious into exercising, it's um, it sort of forces you or I wouldn't say like forces you, but you feel like eating healthier because after you mm. like exert energy, you feel like for myself, like drinking more water throughout the day, like just to feel like feel right 100%. or eating these healthy foods, like eating fruits, eating vegetables after a workout. Like for me, it's like mo- uh, mostly protein. But for people like first starting out, like say you do, you start with 10 minutes and then you work to 20 minutes a day just walking. Yeah. I think in like a month, two months, three months, people notice like extraordinary changes just from that walking. And then on top of that, like you're talking about, there's the compound effects. Yeah. Of that kid. Like that mood could help you um, increase your mood. To, so you're like listening to podcasts about relationships or like family dynamics. And yeah, like it just leads to it just like, that small little step can lead to so many doors opening, and I think like it's very underrated taking those small steps because you go on Instagram, yeah. and you see like David Goggins or yeah. like all these people like doing crazy workouts. Like some of those cool, uh, videos are super cool to see. And right. it's, it's a great thing to strive towards. But for people just starting off, um, like you're not going to see like as many videos of just people you know doing like the like the first starting things
0: like the walking yeah or like, i think just you'd like be basic surprised push-ups. by like where these things could take you if you stick with them in in time you do those habits for uh a month you, you'll see significant improvements you do it for a whole year you might reflect back and and be like wow i'm like a transformed person mm-hmm. in a lot of ways like completely different but uh yeah exactly like what you're saying about the like the diet, like after working out, you feel like you want to eat better. Mm-hmm. I totally get that. And I find like when I fall off the, the train a little bit and I stop working out, all of a sudden I'm eating like shit too. Like right. I, I, it McDonald's just,
2: becomes yeah. a little bit more appealing or like Popeyes chicken. It's like, why it,
0: not? Yeah, it's, it, it definitely is that compound effect or, or just like it, it keeps the momentum going when you're, you have one thing and then that leads to another thing, that leads to another thing. And you fall off the the one first thing, and the next thing you know, everything else kind of seems to mess up. But that might just be for me personally. Like, do you guys find that? Like,
1: no, I want to speak to that actually. That's super important. It's like a cycle. So a lot of people try to just overhaul one aspect of their health, rate. Right? So they'll focus on like diet or exercise. Not e- not even a lot of people focus on sleep. But here's the biggest one: if you don't have a good night's sleep. You're going to be more susceptible to skip a workout, mm-hmm. to pick something. You don't have the self-discipline uh, or the yeah the demeanor to eat something healthy or to even cook the something energy. healthy. You'll be more tired. You'll be less, um you know, less willpower. Sharp. Yeah, you have yeah. less willpower. Yeah, willpower. So if you skip a workout, let's say you're a person that works out in the morning. You skip a workout. Now you're not activating all the hormones so that later on at night you your melatonin increases and whatnot. You skip your workout you then have a shittier night's sleep the next day and then you're gonna eat worse so it's just a cycle like everything works together and we kind of like separate everything but Mm -hmm. you know it's a power trio everything works way better together and you don't have to do these big crazy things and something that has worked for me is like i walk a lot lately like i have have been feeling good so i just walk instead of going for a workout yeah but at least my blood is moving. My body is still like getting that exercise, right? So
0: yeah, you're getting a lot when you, you go for a walk too, just even being out in nature, getting some sunlight. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. recently I've been hearing a lot about how how important it is to get sunlight from the the Andrew Huberman lab yeah. podcast. Yeah, he talks a lot rounds. about that there. Yeah, yeah and, and like <laughs> I never thought about that before, about getting sunlight early in the day, yeah. how important that is just for uh, like your circadian rhythm and, and waking up and even just getting sun on your skin like that can boost testosterone and all sorts of things but yeah there, there's so many little intricacies that you can get into for health and wellness and that can that boost you up what do you guys think like the main like few pillars let's say w- would be like if if let's say somebody hasn't been focusing too much on on health like if they were to jump in what are the main ones that you guys think would be uh worthwhile to focus on
1: um i'll give you a couple for. I'll break it down to sleep, nutrition, and exercise. I think sleep, most important thing, people need to stop with their devices an hour before bed. Mm -hmm. And it's hard for people, but the best thing I can say is to find a habit to replace that time. So, like, for me, my mind's always racing. And I'm not good at meditating, but I know I need to calm my mind to sleep better. So, an hour before bed, I light a candle and I stretch. Mm. you know and sometimes you know if i'm tired i'll just lie on the floor for like 20 minutes but it allows us to like you guys have heard of the dopamine system pathway in our brains yeah it also allows your mind to actually relax right like
2: decompress a little bit at the end of the day
1: here's i'll go on a little tangent here i was just talking about this so a lot of people and this is how i grew up like when we say oh i'm so tired from work or school i just need to relax and we what do we do we turn the tv on or we go on social media right our body's relaxing But our mind is not relaxing. Right. When we're doing those activities, they're highly stimulating activities. So you actually start to feel even more worn out. So Mm -hmm. just like taking an hour to stretch, now your body's relaxing and your mind is relaxing because it's not getting stimulated. We're stimulated Mm. all the time. And then we go to bed and our mind's racing because we have been stimulating it. It's almost as if I feel sometimes it's like addicted to the stimulation. We are. It's hard
2: to like to not to like the notifications, the checking the the email, like the Netflix, the this, the that, there's always something. And then when there's, say you don't have your phone for like an hour, two hours, or it's like a day with like nothing. It's almost like you're like, for for me, it's like almost my brain's like. Yeah, where uh, is it? It's like uncomfortable being bored. It feels uncomfortable, but it's like almost like we forgot about what that's like. Mm -hmm. Like as a society, just being able to feel bored sit with yourself just like being bored is okay because i think like you're saying it's one of the best the only ways your brain gets to decompress to relax so you're not like
1: like constantly just getting like in influx of information or like Mm -hmm. i think it's hugely overlooked like we don't sit down and do nothing anymore right like we never just do nothing just
2: take in life sometimes or like
1: doesn't you don't have to be at
2: like whatever Dominican Republic on a beautiful beach? You can just like sit out, like like whatever. There's like trees around or whatever, and just take it in. Yeah, just like slow you down. Miss
0: a lot with it, especially with the phones. I find even I'll be eating a meal, and it feels weird to just be eating yeah. and not being stimulated by anything else, which is such a weird thing. Like I, every time <laughs> every time that happens, I I always think like this is so strange that I right. can't just eat and do you not find you, like, be looking at my phone or anything right. or like i i can physically do it but i i feel like the urge to be like oh like let me just have a little bit more stimulation because <laughs> i'm so used to it right and you look around and everybody's doing that like yeah people are walking down the street just all looking at their phone there's yeah there's just yeah that constant stimulation and i think it is pretty critical to get those periods where you don't have the stimulation because that's probably where you might have the most creative ideas or, or, or maybe some insights into your, your 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 the way your mind is operating but if you're just constantly consuming consuming and getting stimulated you might not have those those periods like i've heard of a lot of artists saying being bored is good like you want to be bored because that's when you're going to start digging deep in your own mind trying to come up with ideas to make yourself uh feel like i don't know stimulated just it can't be some external things you got to think and yeah look around too like you're saying zach like you might i don't know miss all sorts of stuff going on you'll see people walking down the street with your phone with their phones out there could be somebody getting like robbed or like some crazy thing happening and you don't see it or some like some animal appears whatever you just you're gonna miss things um and then yeah like you're saying too justin for for sleeping that's a a big thing is Letting your mind have those natural cycles of stimulation and 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 having go it go down, especially for sleep, because if you don't let it go down, then you're gonna have trouble sleeping right
1: yeah, and uh so I'm a teacher and I teach grade seven eight students mm-hmm. and the biggest thing I see is they don't sleep well, mm-hmm. so like you'll have a kid napping in class or you know they're just exhausted, and it's like how am I? I'm not going to force this student or this kid to try and listen to me. Like, I can tell that they're not in the right headspace. And yeah, I always right, ask right. them, like, what what do you do before bed? Oh, I don't know. I just, like, I'm on my phone in bed. I'm like, okay. And I try and, like, educate them. People don't know these things. They People know you shouldn't be on your phone before bed. But it's, like, one thing to tell someone, yeah, just don't go on your phone before bed. It's like, okay, mm. well, what's the solution? What else do I do? Right. Or am I just gonna, gonna tell a twelve year old to sit there yeah. for an hour?
2: It is a bit of a recent thing too, because when I was like when I was younger, like younger in high school, I never knew like that would be affecting my sleep. Like those devices or our phones back in the day when they're sort of getting popular, yeah. I actually didn't know about that. Like but, a lot of these things that we know today. But about- when
1: we started off with the phones, well, when I did, anyways, all I had was text. And so, like, as soon as, like, I would say goodnight or, like, you know, maybe I would get a, a ding here and there. But right. we didn't have, like, smartphones, like, computers in our hands. Right. I'm was, thinking oh, more yeah. like high school. Yeah. So, okay.
2: Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I but it happened pretty quick like that from the flip phone, the Motorola flip phone. To smartphone. To smartphone. Yeah. Just... I,
0: th- I think that's a definitely part of the problem, <laughs> though, is that people might not even realize that that is an issue. They're just using their phone at night. They They don't think twice about it. Um, but then another part is that it's just difficult to stop It is like if you were to ask people would you want to be healthier I'm sure like 100% of people would say yeah absolutely and then there's the education part of well these are the things that will help you be healthier you you want to do this so you get better sleep the nutrition the exercise all sorts of things but those things are often really difficult Um, do you guys find that interesting that it seems like a lot of what is gonna make you healthier seems to come out a bit of a a difficulty or a barrier like exercise a lot of time is is harder or like eating the the healthier food sometimes feels worse going to bed at at an earlier time like all, all sorts of these things like it seems like there's a a barrier um what do you think could like help people maybe motivate them to uh do these more difficult things because it's gonna be uh improve their health?
1: I think there's two things people need to remember. There's the pain of self-discipline and there's the pain of regret. Mm -hmm. You get to choose it. Right. We can't avoid pain in our lives. We're going to feel it at some point. Either you can go through the pain of this grueling workout for an hour or you can go through the pain of regret in a year, two years, however long it is when you're like, shit, maybe I should have done those workouts. Right. So you get to choose. There's going to be pain in life no matter what. You can't avoid it. It's either the pain of discipline or the pain of regret
2: especially when you're comfortable in your ways and it feels almost like a nuisance like those little changes even for me i'm finding like i'm trying to get into like diet and nutrition a bit but i know it's like i'm gonna have to change my grocery list or like change my shopping habits it almost feels like a nuisance it's mm-hmm. like you know like i know i gotta do it mm-hmm. but it's like i know like like if you don't do it if you don't make that change like there's gonna be the reg- the regret
0: absolutely like Right. It's like short term versus long term thinking like these things, maybe in the short term, it's would feel better to get like the the more pleasurable thing. Uh, If you have two options, you have to do like a grueling workout or you can just like sit on your couch and and eat chips. It's going to be more pleasurable in in the short term, but it's the taking the the long term approach of I'd rather be healthier tomorrow or Mm -hmm. I'd rather have a better next year. And I think that's what a lot of it comes down to. And and, and it's not entirely long-term because you're going to feel better after you work out pretty much instantly. Yeah. That's what I always try to remind myself too is I know 100% of the time I will feel better after I finish this workout. Yep. It's basically like a guarantee. You, you always do. But it's, it's like you still have to convince yourself every time. I find I like for, for workouts especially, like do you guys find that where like even though you know, you know it's a good thing to do, you know you're gonna feel better afterwards right. but it's still like oh god I don't want to do this like it takes a lot to get you up but once you get going it's usually better
2: hmm I've definitely had my days like that where it's like I've been sort of like building like slowly like the discipline to try to go like no matter what no matter what the weather is mm-hmm. like I'm going to the gym no matter what but I have had days where it's like even though I have that mentality where it's like, you know, like you have a bunch of stuff to do with school or in this. And it's like, uh, it's like, yeah, I can go. It's going to be tight. And it's like, I don't really feel like going. But like when, when I like, I usually do end up going and I always feel so much better after. Because mm-hmm. I find it always sets my day up so much better when I do. Like I like to work out in the morning. And I find it makes a huge difference for like my overall day. My mood's better. Mm-hmm. And like a lot of these things. But also I really like what you're saying about like. You get to choose your pain. It's like the pain of doing it or the pain of regret. And I think especially for like those bigger decisions in life, like say like a bit like outside of the health and wellness topic, like say you want to you're thinking about like launching a business or you have like an incredible idea for this or this. But it's like, oh, like, I'm you know, not sure. Like it's a risk. Like, how will I look? I might look a bit foolish. I could lose my money. I could do this. Like, what are people going to think about me? Mm -hmm. And it's like years go by and you don't like you have a really good idea. It's like you like you're passionate about something, but you don't you don't dive into it. And it's like as time goes by, it becomes more like that inner voice. It gets more and more comfortable to sort of like to convince yourself that it's not it's it's a risk like and it is a risk. But it's like I think being able to have that mindset where you're thinking it's like not about what will happen if I do this, but. What if I don't do this? Mm-hmm. Like, what if I don't, like, yeah. take that risk with that business? What if I don't, like, take that risk to, like, to talk to that girl? What if I don't do this or this or this? Mm-hmm. It's, like, what will your life look like in 10 years, 20 years from now? If you don't take those regrets yeah. that your heart's screaming at you to do? It's, like, what if you don't do that? For sure, like, yeah. that Like, people should be, like, I'm not going to tell how people should be, but, like, I think, like, for myself, like, understanding like becoming more fearful of not doing the things that i know i should be doing right like my heart's telling me that i like i should be doing it's like trying to develop that perspective to be more scared of that than doing the actual thing
1: well here's what i think of that i think it's easy now to be distracted i think society is programmed in a way to distract us right so we all know that you know if we exercise and eat well and sleep better we have better outcomes but the thing is like we just said we don't sit alone in silence we don't have time to really reflect so instead of feeling the pain of of regret oh i'm not working out well in one second i can reach Mm. for my phone and forget about it right yeah i can be distracted of entertained of, of my life whenever i want right we could be doing something horrible. I can even be like a, a bad person and look to my phone and kind of forget what I just did, you know, make right, a horrible right, decision. Right, So the distractions are everywhere and they're so available at all times. So that's why it's nice to reconnect with yourself. Spend some time alone with yourself. Yeah. Like with a phone, you're not alone. Like yeah. You have to actually spend time alone. And then maybe that inner voice, then you're like, oh shit, like I actually haven't been on the right track. And that's why I'm a super big fan of journaling as well because then you can see visually most, I think it's like, 60 percent of us are visual learners yeah so when you journal you could see oh my goodness i'm hitting my goals or like wow i'm actually going off track right
0: but yeah that is a really interesting point about how obviously fear is is a big motivator and it's 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 not going away in a lot of cases that's uh, a bigger motivator than uh thinking about the positives and yeah like you're saying justin if you if we know fear is a motivator and you're afraid of what your life's going to be like and what the outcomes are going to be if you don't take these actions um so you start to feel that fear but because we live in a society full of distractions you start to feel the fear you don't like that and you grab some sort of distraction yeah. you don't have to feel it you like, don't feel it you don't feel almost. it for long enough but the reality is that fear is going to be a net positive because you feel that fear and that's what's going to push you to go do the thing mm-hmm. and does it go but,
2: it doesn't go away though
1: it's always internalized yes if you're distracted, it so here's the big thing i just read a book by robin sharma who's like amazing personal development person and he says to embrace your feelings and feel your feelings so a lot of people don't even know how to embrace their own feelings they don't sit with their feelings right so what ends up happening over a certain amount of time it becomes trauma so then you see people that they can't stay in a relationship or they are in a bad relationship and they can't get out of it they've they haven't like learned to deal with their emotions. They just kind of internalize it and it becomes like trauma.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Not everyone, but it can become, so feeling your emotions is a huge factor.
2: Right. Like fully, like fully feeling them yeah, like man. to the depth that I, they're there. Dude. And, and like ex- even yeah, the
1: bad emotions, them. like if you do something bad and you're ashamed, like embrace it, feel ashamed because I know like for myself, sometimes I feel like I forget, I learned lessons, but I forget them. Like you know, right. sometimes like oh, let's say peanuts. I, peanut butter doesn't sit well with me. But the amount of times that I've had peanut butter, no, like forgetting, like oh, maybe just a little bit will be good. And then I, yeah. the next day I'm like shit. Like peanut butter never does me any yeah, good. Yeah. It's right. like yeah. I have short term <laughs> memory. But when we attach something to our emotions, we remember it way longer. So if you make a decision that and you, you know, you say something you regret and you actually sit in and feel emotion, you feel shame. Now it's like hardwired in your brain and you can start to change your um mm-hmm. your outcomes right because it'll right. have a greater impact on your actions you're saying like because humans are emotional beings so right. we learn better through emotions that's why storytelling is so important right. like if someone tells you a story with a lesson in the story you're more likely to remember it we all know exactly what we need to do we have parents that have told us do this do this do this act like this do this but oftentimes we don't follow it because it's not attached to an emotion we learn things better when we live it. So then it creates like an emotional connection within our mind. And then we learn that oh, lesson. Okay. okay I, that's why people tell me to do this. Right.
0: Like, right. I feel like, yeah, allowing yourself to feel any emotion is, is a pretty critical thing. Like even if it is, yeah, you feel the anxiety, you feel the shame, whatever it is. I, I, uh, I remember reading this book by Carl Rogers. He's like a, a, a psychologist. Um, I think he died in like the 1980s. But one of his main messages was uh, allow yourself to be what you are or who you are. And that was his main focus through the process of therapy when he he would have um, like people come into his office or or whatever. That was his goal is allow this individual to accept themselves and, and, and be what they fully are. So when you feel an emotion of anxiety, you feel an emotion of shame, don't reject it Mm -hmm. you got to sit with it and 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 allow it to be there because i think in pretty much any case where you either are rejecting or denying the way you're feeling you add another layer of shame on top of that right like let's say you're feeling anxious and you're like oh i don't want to do that i don't want to accept that at the end of the day that is you That, that the reality is you're feeling like that and so you can either choose to accept that or not and in accepting it you kind of get relief which is maybe counterintuitive is if you were to accept a thing that you, you don't want to have, it actually gets relieved. Um, but yeah, that, that, that's another side of, of health and wellness for sure is, is, is the, the mental health, um, which that can get a little bit more complicated, I find. Like, do you guys, when, when you're considering health and wellness, and let's say you set up two aspects of health and wellness, the mental health and the physical... Do you find the physical is a little bit more straightforward and the mental maybe less so? Or, or, or how do you guys see that?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, okay, so let's. what I think of wellness, I think wellness is mental health, physical health, spiritual health. It's like the, the total right. being, right? right? So like if we say wellness, it's kind of all, in, in like all encapsulating. Right, yeah. It's almost right.
2: like the precursor. It's like the things that you do to attain like health, like good health wouldn't it be like the precursor? So like meditating, journaling, journaling, exercising, right. eating right, these are all wellness activities. So if you want a good health, you need to like pursue a bunch of well, like do different wellness activities, I think.
1: But uh, we'd have to like be more specific with what type of health. Right. Because journaling won't right. give you better physical health. Right, but it's, it's, a, it's very mean.
2: broad, it's a very broad like
1: health. I think uh, wellness is like more of the umbrella term for like physical okay men- do you know what i mean right. i think mm-hmm. wellness is more of the total picture everywhere around it, okay. it all yeah. Yeah. and yeah. then
2: health you can get more specific like mental health physical health exactly.
0: emotional health yeah right
1: yeah exactly yeah um, cuz
0: for me i think of physical health and it's it's a little bit more straightforward you're going to get your diet down you're going to get your 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 exercise in your sleep in um, mental health to me and and even actually you brought up spiritual health that is is even probably more so a little bit harder to at least for me to put down on paper like what would you consider to be practices or or let's say goals uh, of spiritual health if somebody was out there wanting to improve their spiritual health uh, how do you think you'd go about that
1: Um, that's a good question I think it's about getting to know yourself getting it kind of comes back full circle to what we've been saying about spending time alone like Mm -hmm. your spiritual self will be developed by actually spending time with yourself right i just listened to uh green lights by matthew mcconaughey oh yeah very spiritual guy yeah yeah. Yeah. awesome great book like super well spoken and the the times he's very spiritual and the times that he's learned the most about himself and his spirituality he was doing things alone whether it was like traveling or um you know just Being in the forest alone, doing things on his own, he's he learned about himself. Yeah, so spirituality is like it's kind of a woo woo term, I find, but it's just man, like, what are your core beliefs? Like, who are you as a person? What are your values? Yeah, I think it is
2: definitely different for everyone, Mm -hmm. but I like what you're saying about being alone because how are you gonna understand your own spirituality or grow spiritually if you're never alone or if you're being told what to think? Because I think the spiritual journey. It's a bit like uh it's a journey you got to take on like on your own. Yeah. And like for me like having a relationship with God is like my like spiritual journey. And I think for a lot of people like um like I believe that it's important to have like sort of like um something like a power greater than yourself. It doesn't necessarily have to be God, but even just like um like a group of people, like a community, your family, just like having this um this concept or this understanding that there's powers greater than like Mm. yourself because like I find it helps give like for myself it helps give me that humility and I think as like humans like I think a lot of times and I think science proves this a lot like throughout the decades or throughout the time it's like I think we're a lot like um, I'm not going to say like like I think sometimes we think we're smarter than we actually are it's like Mm -hmm. we don't like we like at times it it can seem like for smart people super obvious like the way things are but i think life and the universe and everything it's so complex and that we'll never have all the answers yeah and science will never have it figured out and it's like i think like things are just so complicated that like like for for me myself like i'll just share like i'll admit i'll never know like, what exactly is going on or what exactly is the right thing. But it's just, like, knowing that, like, there is something, like, greater than, like, myself. It's not right. just, like, life yeah. isn't about me. Like, the way I see it, just life just is. And, like, I happen to be a part of life for a short period of time. Yeah, And I just, like, take advantage of that or appreciate that and try to, yeah, like, um, like th- make it a better world than when I came into it.
0: Right, and I feel like embracing and accepting that complexity. It it feels like a spiritual thing you're doing, and and, and like you're saying, Justin, it seems harder to put your finger on what exactly uh, spiritual wellness is going to be. But when I feel the most like spiritually well, or or like I'm, I feel like I'm thinking spiritually, and and yeah, it sounds like kind of like a woo woo thing, like what are, <laughs> what are you guys talking about exactly? Right. But when I feel the most spiritual is when I'm out in nature and like you see everything going on and and you really realize how much is out of your control and how complex things are. Mm -hmm. And I feel the most spiritual when I, I feel the most humble or like you feel the humility, the most, like, let's say you're, you're by the ocean and the, like there's like six foot waves like crashing down and you realize like, wow, there's, there's powers here that I don't know exactly how everything works and it's extremely strong like i that's when i feel like the most spiritually connected and i feel like you feel the most spiritually healthy when maybe you let go of the control right you realize like okay things are complicated i'm not gonna figure it out i'm not gonna know Mm -hmm. but i'm gonna just give up on that and and accept that while we're here i I don't know entirely what's happening but uh that's for me when I, i i think i feel like the most spiritually well
1: I want to try and point my finger on on spirituality and being spiritually well, just to try and help people. Mm-hmm. So, so far, what the common thing is, you have to be humble. So you have to know that you can't control everything that, you know, you, you're humble. You're ready to learn. You have an open mind. Right. But I think spirituality is about knowing kind of what you're not knowing, but pursuing what your purpose is in life. Like for me, spirit, my spiritual journey, let's say, is finding, okay, is teaching what i want to do for the rest of my life is this how i'm going to serve is this how i'm going to help my community and leave Mm -hmm, the world a better mm -hmm. place what is inside of me what's talking to me like what are my dreams and aspirations because if you follow your dreams and aspirations you're going to give more to the world and if everyone would do that we'd live in a much better place right like if everyone worked woke up in the morning and loved what they did they were spiritually healthy because loving like pursuing your dreams and your passions it does help your mental health but what it does is that it's like you're following your spiritual journey you're doing what you're inside and you're meant to do it's not your um, neurochemistry that's telling you that it's just following uh, your heart your being yeah
2: and for me I find that heart that's screaming at you like for me the way I see it that's God like talking like talking you yeah that's what I view as God yeah it's like when your heart is screaming at you to do something I think like that's what like you should be like pursuing like your purpose like your passion and like for me that's just my personal opinion it's like for me it's the like the heart telling you to do things that's like god or it's like god working through other people like um when people are like um like doing good in life i think like god works through people also yeah like that's the way i see it because
0: like yeah we all have these ideas we all have these things we feel compelled to go do but where exactly do, do those come from I guess we could say that is like you're saying god or I've heard people call it like the muse right. whatever there's some... the
2: universe higher power like um... There's
0: yeah there's something that makes you drawn towards going to do certain things like I feel compelled to do this podcast and and like whatever other people are feel compelled to do it's coming from somewhere I don't know exactly why I want to do this um there's there's maybe things on paper I could say oh it makes it's it's a better it makes me a better communicator it makes me this that or the other it's interesting curiosity but there's other like deep motivations that i think we feel that are hard to explain other than it's just like some spiritual
1: thing that's pushing you yeah so we started off being like i don't really know what spirituality is and through our conversation we've kind of figured out spirituality comes from like knowing what you're meant to do or trying to figure it out and pursuing it i think that will give you good spiritual health right and everyone likes different things that's why i have a hard time when people tell young people in schools like oh you need to go to university and do this program or like man there's a kid in my grade 8 class who's studying for um like the lsats like dude You don't even know what you want to do in life yet but this is this is someone else telling you that that's what it is but maybe in his heart that person just wants to be a musician or do you know like Mm -hmm. that's why that spiritual journey for that child will be much more difficult because there's societal pressures telling him what he should Mm. be thinking and then he has to battle with everything
2: i find it so hard for like younger people and i went through this also myself like all that pressure of like you need to do this go to college You need to go to university. You need to do this to get a job. And it's like all that pressure, especially at that young age from junior high school up until high school. And then, you know, it's like you only have one, two years to figure out. Like People are asking you, like family members and this, like, oh, what do you want to do? What are you going to do? And it's so hard. I think it's almost like, I'm not going to say impossible, but it's almost impossible to know at that age, like what your purpose is or like what you truly want to do. Mm. Some people do know it and they're like, oh, I'm going to be a firefighter. They know from four years old they want to be a firefighter and they become a firefighter and it's yeah. they're right. happy. I, but it's like some people, it's much more difficult to discover that purpose.
1: I'm really going to lean in on one thing, man. I think it's super important. You finish high school or you're in grade 11, 12. How much time have you spent alone finding yourself? Probably not much, right? You're always surrounded by friends. You're doing sports. You're doing all these things. Right. You're surrounded by family. So you get to grade 11, grade 12. How much thinking for yourself have you done? Right. Probably not mm-hmm. much. You're probably every time you make a decision, mom, dad, what should I do? What should I do? People are telling you how much time have you spent alone? Like I backpacked Southeast Asia for a couple months after university mm-hmm. and I met some people that, and I grew so much from that. I learned what I loved and what I was meant to do. But people that went right after high school and started backpacking, they were as mature as 30 year olds that I was meeting. Mm-hmm. They were like 20 years old, 19 years old. And they said, you know what? I, I'm not going to go to school yet. I'm going to go and back solo travel. And then they actually learn what they like when you're somewhere else and you don't have everyone else's opinion. And, you know, your aunt and uncle aren't telling you to be an accountant. You're just alone in a foreign world talking to different people from all around the world. And you can say, "Okay, I actually like this without everyone else's input. Yeah, you're way more likely
0: to to tap into that that deep voice. Like we're saying, like, yeah, is it, it it's a deep voice and it's very quiet. But if you have. A lot of people in your ear, like you're saying, Zach, in in high school, you have maybe your parents and whoever else saying, like, do this, do this, do this. And then also living in a a very distracted society, uh, it's unlikely you're going to hear that deep, quiet voice unless you're off on your own and you you take that time to really think, how do I actually feel? How do I actually – what actually motivates me? Where do I want to go? And, yeah, you you might never hear that voice if you're just constantly – um, externally stimulated mm-hmm. it's almost as if you never fully grow into yourself as a person like up until
2: then, unless you do have that period of time where you're able to to be alone and figure out what you want to do on your own, without the distractions, without the recommendations, and without the societal pressures telling you what you should be doing and what you need to be doing. And I think like also like going into this education subject, I think it's a good topic because I think um like things are shifting so quickly in like the university or the college industries. And I think for a lot of kids like coming up, I don't think they see the same value as it was like a university degree or college degree, or like getting those pieces of paper as it was like 10, 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. I think the shift is already happening where people like investing all that money into getting a degree. And I think 30 percent of people that get university degrees don't even work in the field that they were studying it. and how many percentage of people that were that got university degrees and can't even find a job once like they first get out or how many people that go to like one to two year technical schools and make like double what the people that started like st- studying for four years for around like at the same amount of like the same subject So I think this entire like the education industry, I think it's there's a big shift shift happening. And I think a lot of like the younger people and I'm noticing it like like right today, I think it's going to be very different for them.
0: Yeah. And I think
2: I think it's good in a way because I think like the university sort of like it's a at the end of the day, it's a business and I think it's indebting a lot of people and it's not giving the same value as it was. Obviously, for like engineering, doctor, lawyer, it's great. Mm-hmm. But I think, I don't know. I think a lot of people are, are starting to rethink the value yeah. of these things. So
0: what do you guys think about if you had a class and maybe just you're closer to the source here because you, you teach grade seven and eight. Right. But like a class that's like focused on more like personal development, and like personal psychology, like thinking about what do you even want to go do? Cause it is so difficult to know. And then the education system is really flawed where you end up uh, going down a path. You think this four year degree is going to promise you this, that, and the other, you're going to make all sorts of money, mm-hmm. but you don't really know what you're doing. Um, but yeah, what do you, what, I feel like it could be decent to have maybe a class. That's almost just purely, you have like, you have your English, you have your math, and then you have one class. That's just like a guide, uh, <laughs> like a, to guide you through that transition
2: process or like, to discover a pers- purposeful life for yeah
1: exactly exactly where i am going uh this year I'm, i want to start a personal development club okay nice first of its kind yeah and in the it's the first of its kind that i've heard of and i think it's time because what i keep telling my students is you are by far the smartest generation so far you have smartphones Never has a 12-year-old been able to educate an adult on uh, how a TV works or how to... Like, they have these mm-hmm, right. very specific um, skills now and very specific knowledge bases. So, they're very intelligent. Most of my students already go to the gym. They already talk about mental health. They're 12, 13 years old. All, mm-hmm. They all do all these things. So, really? maybe in the past, when we were growing up, personal development club, probably not a lot of people would go. Like, we are we don't have a smartphone in our hands. We're not struggling like the kids are now the kids are struggling because they're getting flooded with information but yet they're starving for wisdom
0: mm-hmm. right? right there's so
1: much information but who do you believe so to have an adult in front of them and someone that's like i'm not going to tell you what to do or what to believe i'm just going to show you what helped me how can you think about these things mm-hmm. so like i, I want to start a personal development club right and it's it makes me a little nervous because a lot of the things that we're talking about here is like the education system is flawed in certain ways. I'm in it. And I'm also going to educate the kids as to why through this club, hopefully to to show them like, okay, this is not your only avenue. And this, you kind of need to do these things if you want to really figure out what you're meant to do. Right.
0: What would like, so when you start the club, what kind of activities would you, would you have them do like journaling or like, uh, I don't know what, what yeah what would be the basics you think
1: So let's say every Monday it's like an hour session half an hour I'm going to show or kind of teach a uh, a subject so let's say the first one is decision making mm-hmm. why is decision making so important mm-hmm. well if you want to be successful in society you have to make decisions if mm-hmm. you can't make a decision the company will hire someone else to make the decisions for you. right? So being a decision maker is something as a kid like I didn't know. And right. I've I've just learned recently like I wasn't a good decision maker because I was so analytical and mm. I asked everyone's opinion before making a decision. Like right, before choosing yeah. my career, I didn't go within. I went, okay, let me ask like hundreds of people what I should do.
2: And you get yeah. analysis paralysis almost. Yeah.
1: So instead it's like, okay, even like one week on decision making and the power of decision making. And then you have them write down something. J- journaling is great. Um, that kind of after every session would be e- uh, a task that they would have to do to consolidate their learning, right? Because we yeah. don't just learn from passive, passively. We learn when we're actively engaged. Right. So journaling, even asking people questions. Okay, if you're considering this, go ask people. See, yeah. like ask people, what are three things that make you happy? What are, what are three things that you uh, regret the most? What are three things you would recommend to yourself 20 years ago? These right. are things that really create better conversation and we learn through conversation as yeah. we all know we're doing a podcast yeah so i think like these kids are ready they're ready at a way younger age we can't compare them to who we were at 12 13 years old right they would benefit i really believe they would benefit greatly from starting those conversations at a younger age so that they can have the tools and the knowledge like personal development can be a class on its own It everyone should learn about personal development right that's yeah. what i believe like So why not start showing them, wow, there's a world here. And even if one kid takes a program for the whole year and all that kid gets is like, oh, um, Mr. Bourgeois showed me um, Ed Milette or this one podcast on personal development. And they listen to that once a month for the next five years. Compound effect. Now maybe they actually understand personal development. They didn't listen to a word I said, which is fine. But I put them in touch with someone that they really relate to in the personal development field that they may have never found in this world with constant distractions.
0: Right. For sure, yeah. yeah. And and yeah, the kids these days and I mean everybody is overwhelmed with the amount of content. There's there's so many channels and, and like you're saying the information's there, there's plenty of information, but the wisdom maybe is harder to find cuz you got to filter through and and for for adults it's difficult to know like what's the the right content to be consuming. And for kids it's, it could be even more difficult of knowing. Is this person right? There might be some people giving you advice online, but it it's really hard to know and I think that'd be super cool to have a, a personal development class and like even just to to open up the conversation of it's fair to not know what you want to do at all, but mm-hmm. it's gonna take some exploring and some digging and th- and that's fine like there maybe because you're doing that class, these kids will feel less pressured or, or less ashamed when it comes to Picking what they want to do in life. And they don't know what they want to do. Yeah. Cause I think that was a big thing. A, a lot of people be like, fuck I, I, what's wrong with me. I don't know what I want to do. But if you have a class like that and, and, and you, yeah, you open the conversation and people start talking, well, you maybe try this, maybe try that. And, and yeah, like we had happened right here. We started talking about spirituality and like within 10, 15 minutes we were able to p- like put our finger on it a little bit better of like yeah. what, what that is exactly. So That'd be cool. Yeah, you, you have like journaling going on in, in that class maybe and then just open discussions and
1: Exactly. Yeah, through the discussions you just kind of open up the topic give them something to think about just like what we've done mm-hmm. and they can relate because they're all the same age and they're right. all going through the same things and how I... they have better quality conversations.
2: Right. I think it's great too because I found like for myself some of the best lessons that I've learned in life has been through like life experience. It hasn't mm-hmm. been lessons that I've learned through education or in books or in discovering these sorts of things, it's through like making mistakes and, um, like developing purpose and like understanding life. So that's why I think like having a personal development class, I think it benefit, like I could, it could benefit people so much because like having that foundation of knowing, like, how do you discover your purpose? Mm-hmm. Like how, like me as a kid, I would never know how to do that. Or it's like how do you deal with like the financial system today to like to, to get mm-hmm. ahead? Or it's like, how do you yeah. like how do you grow or how do you develop a mindset where it's like, yeah, bad things can happen, you can like you, you can lose your job or you can fail the test, you can do all these things, but it, it's not a big deal, because you understand that or you have the tools to have the mindset where it's not a big deal you, instead of having sure, like yeah. a fixed mindset. Where you're chasing after the good grades or you need to get the good job you need to get to this it's like having that growth mindset and it's like for kids growing up for myself back in the day it's like how would we like like how would we have known that like if there wasn't like a personal yep. growth class if there wasn't yeah. it's like these are things that i wish that i would have had same and especially like that transition from high school to university it's I think that transition is a bit underrated how big of a transition it is because it's not just like you're going from school to university but you're I think you're also transitioning like you're becoming a legit adult you're going from like a bit like um, like young adult to adult and it's like a big change for a lot of people and I think it's underrated how big of a like transition it is and how it affects everyone differently and for some people like um, like they really struggle through that transition mm-hmm. but it's like having those tools I think having like um, a personal development class or having like for you you have the experience you know what to do you know the mindset you have the purpose and like you've gone through that so you have the experience you know like what mistakes were made or you know people that have made mistakes right and like you're doing the learning so being able to siphon off that knowledge that wisdom to like the kids at your school I think it could have like that's a, that's a more it's valuable it. education than you're probably getting in a lot of these classes like especially if you're studying biology you're not even going into biology mm-hmm.
1: and a lot of so I just want to make sure everyone's on the same page here because a lot of parents might say well hey that's what I do like as a parent that's what I do I teach my kids these things but I really empathize for the parents nowadays because but like let's say 20 30 years ago you had one person go to work and oftentimes one salary could you know raise a family and so the other person got to help with the kids help with the cooking, cleaning you know so then both parents at night could like help raise the kids right. now people are barely scraping by two jobs mm. their kids come back so imagine this both people work from nine to five you get home at what five thirty six Mm -hmm. You have to make dinner. You got to bring your kids to soccer practice. Right. Do you really have time to like and the energy? And it's not just the kids that are distracted on their phones. It's everyone. It's society as a whole. People are burnt out. Mm -hmm. So maybe when we grew up, we had more of these like opportunities and these talks where we're just sitting there like with our friends bored and like, cool, let's talk about this. But there's none of that happening anymore, even between parents and Mm -hmm. kids, kids and kids. It's it's hard. It's hard for people, man. Like our economy, our society is just pushing us to always be busy and work time
2: is very scarce nowadays yeah well because it's an attention it's like the 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 market's being built on attention so i think like you're saying it's having the time to be bored to have those moments where you could have those productive discussions they're Mm. not there anymore there's it's like a, a
0: scarce resource a lot of these things too are relatively new like focusing on your mental health or like putting a big focus on journaling or all sorts of the the things that are our, our favorite, like neuroscientists Andrew Huberman talks about, about like getting your sunlight and all all these things. The older generation might not have had as much of a handle on that as as you might. So even if yeah, there's the the factor that they're very busy, but also some of these things are, are newer and, and and they might not have mm. uh, had them at when um, like kids these days, their parents were in school. Maybe they didn't have. The, the same information that we have. Um, but yeah, I, I think having a personal development class to focus on basics is massive because we might assume that people um, know all these things about how to get better sleep and how to have better mental well-being. Maybe even like you you touch on like personal finance. There's these categories of things that are just going to... You, you just need to know them for, for your life. They're not maybe the specific things that you go down and uh, that you work in. Like you're not gonna work in um, these these areas, maybe. But everybody needs to know how to live their life better, and and, and yeah, I think that that'd be huge just for for kids, but even just for for everybody. Cause uh, yeah, we weren't taught it in school, so you you maybe live the rest of your life and you you never know these things. Agreed. Yeah, I mean, let's say like. There's people out there that they're really like practical things. They want to know like, hey, give me the, give me the cheat sheet here. Like I want to improve yeah. my health and wellness. I'm a
2: bit like that sometimes when I listen to the podcasts and they start getting pretty technical. Yeah. I'm a bit like, all right, but like, what do I need to do to like, when, you know, when you hear them talking about like the science behind like the sleep or it's like this neuron acts with this. Yeah. And it's like for myself, I find sometimes like with like lack of time or too much whatever it's just like I like knowing like all right well what do I need to do yeah sometimes or it's like because I find some of the science gets a bit too technical yeah for me when it talks about like the health and wellness like the technical aspect of
0: it right well like let's see if we could we could break it down I, I'd say like we can stick with those pillars that you mentioned there's the physical there's the mental and then there's the spiritual if we're talking physical health and somebody's out there listening, well, yeah, I want to improve my physical health. What do you think some good things that they could do to to improve uh, their their health would be?
1: Okay, so instead of giving them like a, a broad answer here, I w- we're all individuals and we all have very different lifestyles. So I'm just yeah. going to name off. So the first thing to do, let's attack nutrition. So a lot of people tend to go towards like, oh, if I want to be healthy, I have to start adding things. I have to take these supplements and doing things. Right. Most of the value from nutrition actually comes from taking things away. Mm. Taking the bad Mm. stuff away is much more valuable than adding extra little good things. That's, like, the next step. I think health is in, like, levels, right? So, like, yeah, you could eat junk food all day and take a bunch of vitamins. Are you really healthier than someone that just doesn't eat the junk food? Mm -hmm. No. So, step one, okay? Step one would be, in, in terms of nutrition, make a list of foods that you know aren't healthy, but you eat them anyways, And then choose one that you're like, I eat this, but like, it's not my favorite. Maybe you really love cheesecake. And every Friday you have cheesecake. But then you have Oreos on Sunday. But You just eat the Oreos. You love the cheesecake. But the Oreos you can do without. Okay, Mm -hmm. choose that. That is no longer a thing now. So you've eliminated one thing. Just like we said with uh, exercise, it's small steps. Mm -hmm. And then then after a couple months, you're like, okay, maybe I'll choose something else and stop doing that. So here, there's levels. So if you cook with... um, uh seed oils like highly um canola oil vegetable oil oil. yeah take that out i didn't Mm -hmm. know about that that until recently olive oil is like i've read a lot of books on health and a lot of them don't agree with each other yeah like the science is so new all the time and it depends what you're specifically focusing on whether it's gut health losing weight living longer everyone's gonna give you different advice but olive oil all in all, everyone agrees, extremely healthy. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so it's, I drink- not,
2: it's not even unhealthy olive oil. No, no, no. It's Okay.
1: The, olive oil is one of the few things that can cross the blood-brain barrier. So it actually goes in your mind and it helps your brain. Okay. So mm-hmm. olive oil, very, very healthy. Um, two to three tablespoons a day. So I drink yeah. like a, not drink, but like I put olive oil on everything <laughs> yeah, yeah. now and I Just love it. Put it in Just your water. In olive yeah, olive you got like a water bottle with like a bit of yeah. olive oil on top. Yeah. <laughs> but man, like on chicken... You know, sometimes chicken's a little dry if you like yeah. eating just chicken. Right. I just, just put olive oil cinnamon. on it. Oh, that's yeah. smart. But yeah. make sure you choose your olive oil um, in a dark container. So yeah. not from Costco? Um. You, yeah, I get mine from Costco. Right. Yeah, it's like uh, organic. And it comes in a dark bottle because if it's in a light bottle, light can get through it. Mm. And it changes some of the compounds. Right? Oh, okay. Oh, and it's the same thing if you like take your olive oil bottle and just leave it open. Some people put a spout in it. Yeah. So there's, yeah. it's always oxidizing. So oh, you want right. to make sure you put the cap back on it. It's in a dark bottle, and that way your olive oil is is not losing its benefits. Mm. I didn't huh, know that.
0: Yeah, yeah, I've been losing all kinds of benefits on my olive oil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got that light Keep bottle spout open. Yeah, fuck. But yeah, it is it is funny how like in the nutrition industry, there's so many conflicting ideas. You'll 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 have two different doctors, and they'll say, "Oh, it's it's good to have a high fat diet." Then the next guy will say, "Oh no, no fat. You got to have a lot of carbs." I from what I've been listening to and I and my sense is that biodiversity is a real thing where certain people function better on a higher fat diet certain people function better on a on a higher carb diet if I was to give like any practical advice for improving your 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 nutrition it would just be cut out processed sugar as much as you can because to me that's the one thing that there's really no benefit at all to having it like there's like uh salty foods for example some people might look down on them but you need salt at the end of the day like you're gonna have some serious issues if you go with no salt for for a few days but if you go without processed sugar for a few days you might feel better than you ever have before Mm -hmm. like it's there's really no benefit to it processed sugar is that like the like the refined like white uh sugar like if if you're eating fruit and you have sugar in that i like I think th- that's fine, obviously. Like, fruit, okay. fruits have a lot so more So that than- white
2: powder, that's processed sugar. That yeah. white sugar. yeah.
1: And, like, any sugar you'll find in like, brown a sugar? soft drink, anything.
2: Brown sugar isn't better than white sugar? No. I don't think just, so. <laughs> it, it looks... It's marketed better, though. Same garbage. Yeah. A better marketing team behind it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. They have
1: a better, better PR team on the brown yeah, sugar. Yeah, better PR. <laughs> but it's crazy how literally it's sugar. It's, like, the worst thing you put in your body. And we're like, oh, but it's brown sugar. It's not that bad. It's yeah, like, dude, It's natural. Yeah, yeah. they like, yeah. say natural. It's like, like cane they'll sugar. say that. It's like if you're talking about a hard drug, like oh, but this drug's a little bit better than like, right. that one. But it's pure, it's like yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, on, like they're both bad for you, obviously. Right? Yeah, we're sold these different right. lies. It's still yeah, the or,
0: same chemical composition. Or like even honey, like that's yeah, basically the same thing. But people are like oh, honey's good right. shit. I mean, maybe it has like well for know, a sore throat, throat. Oh yeah, it, it fucks like, up a sore throat sick. for sure. <laughs> yeah, honey's honey's good maybe good for that. Yeah, at least like that's the like old like wives tale or whatever right like ginger ale and honey or like oh, aye, I but it's is. like ginger ale is just full of sugar <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, ginger there's there. no ginger in it i don't no, think no. <laughs> no. It's so. all like,
1: but yeah. here's the thing even with honey depending who you talk to some people are going to say honey is super healthy for you but it depends what they're researching what are they looking into if you're mm. looking at the effects on your blood sugar levels honey is not good it does the same thing to your um insulin um response that Mm. sugar would in terms of insulin alone right okay so if you look at from that aspect it's not healthy but it does have um, antioxidants and other things so people are having a hard time to figure out what's true because i can point out anything any food and say oh this has vitamin e vitamin a so it's healthy Mm. but okay it's just because it has a couple vitamins or like nutritional value doesn't mean it's healthy right and it doesn't it it depends what you want to look into there's gut health Mm-hmm. So some foods are horrible for gut health, but people say they're healthy for other things. There's um, longevity. Some food, like uh, if you eat a lot of meat, meat super healthy if you get like organic, grass fed, good quality meat. But on yeah. duck- that elk. Yeah, yeah. yeah I have had elk steak, steak two elk. days ago. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. oh no way. Yeah, love it. It's actually not that expensive either, man. I'm a huge fan. Really? Does yeah. that t- does that taste like deer or was it taste gamey, like? It's gamey, yeah. Okay. I I like gamey like meat, but really, yeah. Some Montreal steak spice on there or not even? Not even. No, just something. not even need it. It. I'm it's I'm pretty raw. hardcore. Yeah. Montreal steak <laughs> spice has some uh, sketchy things. in oh, okay. it. Okay. Mm. I still have it sometimes, yeah. but it's not just pure spice. Oh, right. That is something that I, I find in.
0: interesting about how you could get elk and it's <gasps> like a grass-fed elk and the nutrients in that elk steak is going to be so much more than that random cow steak that you're buying at, at food basics. And I've heard, <laughs> heard, heard a similar thing is happening with uh like depending on where your fruit are growing, the, the, like the soil in some farm has been depleted. No way. And so that an orange, maybe a thousand years ago that was growing on that soil where it hadn't been farmed over and over and over would have like 200% more nutrients than an orange that's now growing on that soil where Year after year after year, we're trying to hammer out as many oranges out of that, out of that soil as possible. So they're just not as many nutrients, but on the surface you see, oh, two oranges looks exact same. You maybe see that elk steak right. and then you see another steak uh, and you're like, oh, it looks the same, probably the same deal. But yeah, you'd be surprised. Dude,
1: okay. This is extremely important and it goes into how there's so many food sensitivities nowadays, right? Mm. And one of the big ones that's super controversial is gluten. And so, like, uh, I I avoid gluten. I've had a lot of digestive issues, which is why I've read so many books, because I'm trying to fix myself, basically. Mm-hmm. So, there's gluten. And then people will say, like, oh, it's a, you know, our ancestors used to eat gluten, and they were fine. Mm-hmm. Okay, or like, gluten's been getting eaten for thousands of years. In the Roman Empire, they ate wheat and shit like that. Okay, but here's the thing. Back then, it was not the same wheat or whatever as it is now. It's a completely different thing. Now, it's highly process first of all which Mm -hmm. back then they would eat it more closely closer to its natural state it's Mm -hmm. getting pumped with um, herbicides pesticides fertilizers fertilizers the soils have no nutrients in them so now you're eating like a wilted old not so nutrient dense thing and that's why people are starting to have food allergies because it's not the same food that it used to be oh really so our microbiome doesn't recognize this Uh, people need to like remember that our bodies and our cells and our genetics are thousands of years old right so like our diet in the past 10 15 years has changed so rapidly and there's so many people with digestive issues now me being one of them because we're giving our body these new foods that it has never seen before we 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 haven't evolved to eat what we're eating now. with
2: like the preservatives or like the antibiotic fed like
1: meats our body is not like made to digest that stuff and yet. some of
2: those fruits you see the size of them like the oranges they're like Holy huge shit, yeah. and they're all the same they're perfect like perfectly made yeah and it's you wonder like what do they need to put into it to make them yeah. all look perfect
0: some some like, of the foods these days was like if you were to give people 2,000 years ago them they'd They'd look at them like it's like a an alien thing. Like yeah. If you were to hand somebody a Twinkie back in like <laughs> like year two hundred, they'd be like, "What the fuck is it's this? Like a, this is yeah, food? Jurassic Park <laughs> yeah. orange or something like it's that?" It's just processed to such a crazy degree that it it's completely transformed. It's not really food anymore. It's just some <laughs> weird thing that never rots and never like it just lasts forever. It's actually crazy. And some then you put the... that in your body, and then of course it's gonna have weird effects and maybe fuck up your digestive system
1: yeah the science have has moved so fast and is so ahead of human um biology that like literally they're making foods with chemical compounds that they know we will get addicted to like the people that make twinkies and Kit Kat bars and all that they're not just right. like oh let's make a nice bar for people no they're like okay yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, yeah. what's highly addicting okay let's do that what's going to make people think that they can continue to eat more so like cheetos um Amazing concept here because Cheetos melts in your mouth, right? So your brain, right. when something melts in your mouth, your brain is like, oh, this. there's not a lot of calories in here. So then you can keep eating more. Oh so yeah. So their food is not only like, Oh, just buy our product once nice and innocent. It's like, no, we're going to addict, make you addicted to it. We're going to make you want more. And we're yeah. going to make you think that you're never full. So you can eat as much of our stuff as possible. Literally what?
0: evil scientists out there. just <laughs> working, working <laughs> I potatoes? mean, they don't see it that yeah, way yeah. and it's not yeah, their yeah. fault, but like yeah. it's like the people
1: that um, started social <laughs> media, right? They didn't do it in a bad way, no. but it's just what yeah, happens Mark, is now we're, yeah. yeah. Mark's actually a good lad. Actually,
0: the more you listen to him, he, he's, he's decent. Yeah. Mark Zuckerberg. But, uh yeah, it is crazy that there's the top tier scientists are working on trying to figure out how can we make these things as addicting as possible to get more people to buy our products. But yeah, they're not thinking, oh, let's just make a great bar for people. It's let's just make something that they're gonna buy more and more and more and more of. And when money's the main focus, next thing you know, you have yeah, all sorts of people that are getting more unhealthy, more obese, more digestive issues, more like sensitivities and and allergies to certain things. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I've heard people will go to Italy and they'll eat the pasta and pizza there. And I guess it's grown better. And maybe when they're eating in Canada, they have gluten intolerance and and they can't really eat a lot of bread, but then they go to Italy and they seem fine. Yeah. So there's something Mm. about the way they're processing it or the fertilizers or or whatever they're doing that makes it a different product, even though it looks the same It's bread or it's that's pizza dough and that's pizza dough. But it's the like when you read the details,
2: the back of the packaging, it's like, what are a lot of these chemicals they put into the products? It's like, what are these? It's like all these things that like it seems normal because it's like every packaging. It's like whether you're getting mayo or like frozen foods or this, there's all these chemicals. And it's like, what do these actually do? It's like, what are these chemicals? It's like there's zero transparency about what are we actually eating? A lot of these like all those um, what's it called like all those processed foods, mm-hmm. I think processed foods is probably the worst culprit, I'm just yeah. like what like literally, like what are these chemicals they're putting into, and it's
1: it's very strange, like like I don't know, so basically, <laughs> guys, if you want to improve your health, go as go closer towards food in its natural state as you can, so like the example with pasta in um you know in Italy, in Italy yeah. okay well. That pasta has been handmade. Right. Our pasta here that we get has been heated. It's been added with a bunch of things. It's been, it's, it's way further away from its natural state than it is in Italy. So the pasta in Italy is healthier. So if you can, whatever foods you're eating, try and go a little bit closer to its natural form if you can. Yeah. Right? If, you like, if you really like chocolate and you're eating caramel, maybe you start getting 75% dark chocolate. You're getting closer and closer oh, to okay. it. And then you get maybe 90%. And then maybe you yeah. get cocoa nibs, which is literally just the 100%. cocoa plant. Right? Yeah. So any any area you're in, you can just think of this. Go closer to the food that's in nature. What about like all natural milk chocolate? That's still not natural. Well, it's it's like a, a lot of like, processed
0: sugar. The market it's a natural is next level. It's, 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 it's they crazy. got you, bro. Yeah, they got yeah. me pretty good on that one. Yeah, their PR team's killer there. Yeah, <laughs> dude. Okay, so uh, I went to Zach's house like
1: last week, yeah. and um, he's like, he's you know asking me some stuff or whatever. We're chatting, and he's like, "What about this veggie thing? Like, I drink this veggie juice every oh. morning." I'm like, okay, nice. Like, I'm expecting yeah. he has, like... It was a, a-
2: green smoothie. Yeah. yeah like, and I'm it's like,
1: green. yeah, green smoothie. I'm like, it's green. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's probably drinking, like, athletic greens or, like, the veggie <laughs> greens, you know, something healthy green. Yeah, yeah. And it's literally a box that says veggie smoothie. I look at the <laughs> ingredients. It's, like, it's just g- sugar and, like... It's, like, concentrated juice. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I think it's, like,
2: <laughs> Oasis, one of those green... But oh, it, said, okay. it said, like, chlorella spiruluna added, yeah. like, added vitamins. Sounds decent, yeah. And it said smoothie, green smoothie. <laughs> yeah it has the kale on it oh, okay that was so like you. i yeah. thought okay there's just kale in here it should be good <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah no the ingredients is a superfood yeah. yeah yeah the ingredients told a different story on that one because but, when juices are made like when it says from concentrate it's not really juice isn't it just water and powder or
1: like possibly i'm probably not sure.
0: yeah yeah from concentrate it's a bun- they add a bunch of other shit in there yeah it it is it is sneaky how like you'll you'll have a like a company they'll be like kale superfood juice but then in the ingredients there's maybe not even any kale yeah Yeah. and then it's it's like kale
1: flavoring like natural kale yeah they'll say like
0: natural flavor whatever that means yes
2: because remember i asked him like i grabbed the bottle and i went to like show like so like do you think this is healthy as soon as he saw it He's like, no. Like, as soon as I saw the bottle, <laughs> like a even, typical just, yeah, yeah. Like, sugary juice. I'm yeah. like, no, dude. I'm like, yeah. you didn't even read the ingredients. <laughs> you go to read it, even worse. Yeah. Like, you knew right away, probably because it said Oasis or something like that. Or, yeah. Or, if if you're
1: getting like a juice, like you'd want to get something that's like freshly pressed. Like you would tell by the bottle that like the people care about the product or it's like a, a local thing. Or, or like it's, apple you know, cider. Yeah. Would uh, apple cider be like healthy juice?
0: I, I think it's the same situation they you have farms a,
1: on
2: the stickers sometimes a too farm? yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so it's like comes from a farm probably <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, probably not though dude marketing uh, no. works so well I know. <laughs> yeah, <it's insane.
0: laughs> i'm very visual so it's like
1: oh yeah. I see kale it's yeah, okay we're good learning. to go <laughs>
0: <That's> <laughs> they serious. could put
2: kale picture a kale on a chocolate bar i'd be like okay this oh, is so good. as long as there's
0: a farm there you'll yeah, you get yeah. right up <laughs> yeah That's mom hilarious. and pop shop or whatever uh, yeah, fuck. <laughs> I mean, probably not. It's probably the same thing. Pro- <laughs> just a okay. bunch of sugar, right? Especially apple cider. I think that's like, yeah, it's just a sweet drink. Yeah, maybe like a bit of vitamin C They're or something. Though, but yeah, I mean, for that, for sure, that's like physical health, nutrition. Okay, we've kind of established that. Avoid the processed stuff. Try to get the the whole foods. Maybe don't eat a lot of sugar. Um, what else physically like I guess we can dive into exercise what you guys say like like some quick practical tips for people if they want to improve their their physical health in terms of exercise
2: I'd say even walking like yeah, just so, like small. even if you're in good shape like walking is one of the easiest and one of the best forms of exercise I think like especially for losing weight I think they've been doing studies I think walking is actually better to lose weight Like in the long run, rather than doing like intense running or like high impact these sorts of things, Mm. because when you're doing so, say you're going like a ten k run, like every day, you become like calorie deficient. So when you do a ten k run, if I did a ten k run, like I would be like gasping for like for food after.
0: Yeah, yeah, soon enough.
2: All that energy because I don't do I'm not like a marathon runner like I used to be. (laughs) So if I did that, so like. I think there's this common misconception of like, what's the best way to get healthy, like to get in the best shape for exercise. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, the way I was thinking about it, it sort of shifted with all these new studies and scientists and research. I think like all these high impact things where you think like, oh, the running, the marathons, the this, like the cycling, that's how you get in the best shape. But I think they're they're showing that strength training mm-hmm. is one of the best ways for to increase your longevity. So strength training mm-hmm. along with your VO2 max. So obviously cardiovascular health is important. Mm-hmm. Um, but so they're saying strength training, VO2 max, and those sorts of things. It's one of the best ways to increase your longevity because part of the reasoning behind it is what it does. Um it increases your bone density mm-hmm. so typically like say you're like running or like high impact sports like the way your bones are set out if you want to add muscle to them it's you're not going to get nearly the amount of like muscle building capacity or like um pressure on your bones themselves because you're not getting the same sort of friction from say you're doing a bench a squat. Mm. Because that's having a lot more pressure on your bone structure. So when yeah. you're doing these sorts of exercises, like the heavy lifting, the strength training, the squats, um, mm-hmm. especially if you're doing high intensity interval training throughout, mm-hmm. um, like that's the best way to build that bone density. And there's studies yeah, coming the, out.
0: I've heard that's one of the best like measures for longevity in people is is what their their bone density <laughs> and, the, and their grip strength at old age is. Uh, right. Like yeah, cardiovascular health that's obviously really critical and, and may reduce your likelihood of getting a heart attack or having all sorts of other ailments. But yeah, as as you get older in age, uh, what gets people a lot of the time is they maybe they fall over and they, they break their hip or something. So it's saying, like, yeah, mm-hmm. you, you, you definitely want to build up that, that bone density. And, and balance, especially at an yeah. older
2: age, like balancing ankle strength, like knee mobility. It's a lot of those yeah. like little Mobility's mobility big, yeah. things. For you're older but getting back to your original question like like what's one of the best ways you can get into like the exercising or trying to get into it
0: just start basically like
2: just start but i think like um what's a bit underrated it's like not just like going to the gym but if there's something that you enjoy doing like uh, playing frisbee, like joining sports, or like doing these sorts of things, like activities where your body's moving yeah and you're yeah. having fun yeah. and you're getting around with people, yeah, community, or it's like a community organized thing. Mm-hmm. It's like just get your body moving. It doesn't have to be like the whatever dead squats or like this thing or like Turkish get ups and all these things. Like just get your body moving. And it's yeah. like just getting your body moving, like walking, these yeah. being out in nature in the sun. I th- 10 20 minutes a day will make a huge
0: impact over the long term. Yeah, there's so many so many options really. I think at the end of the day uh, it's just just do some sort of exercise and each person's going to have their preference of of what they like to do. Like for me personally these days I I really like <clears throat> running and I find running is really beneficial for the uh getting away from distractions for a little bit of uh, a period of time as well. A lot of time when I run, I don't even use music. And some people will be like, that's nice. crazy. Like, what's, right. what's, what's wrong with you? <laughs> but uh, I, I do that because it's a period of time where, and it's a rare period of time where I have no stimulus. I don't have any music. Like Whenever I'm driving, I usually have music. I'm listening to a podcast. Or, and then whenever I'm home, I'm often watching things. But when I'm running, it's just a nice time where I, I don't really have um, much stimulus. And I can just think about things and just just running is the only thing i have to really focus on. Just, Do you find it's meditative a bit yeah, for you sometimes? For sure, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really meditative and and it's also i i know all the benefits that can come from cardiovascular or like um aerobic exercise. Um so there's there's like the de-stressing, like anti-anxiety, like all sorts of uh legitimate benefits. Uh, like biological effects that's going to happen on you. Mm-hmm. But then there's the more like, um, like spiritual things. Like um, if there's something that's been bothering you during the day, you go for a run, you have that period of time to just kind of decompress. And if I go out for a run for an hour, I have an hour to kind of process that thing. And and for me, I find that really beneficial. Um, I used to really like strength training, like was big in like bench, squat, deadlift, trying to just like get up the numbers. But right. I prefer like, focusing a little bit more on cardio where you yeah run up run up the stairs or whatever and you don't feel out of breath and you just I don't know I I, I, I like focusing on the cardio but I, again I think it's just just do something some sort of exercise it's it's it's, it's a, a good thing um, um, what about you Justin like what's your preferred so way of exercising
1: I think it's a little bit dangerous to let people just do what they want because this is the journey I went on. And I see a lot of young people do this, especially um, boys or, or young men, is we start thinking of exercise. The first thing we do is we think, like, how do I look better? Mm-hmm. So then we start to watch videos of, like, bro splits and, like, okay, right. you need to work out your biceps and your chest and your shoulders. And that's <laughs> yeah. going to make you right. look better. But what happens is posture to me the number one thing is like do things that'll help your posture so whether that's like walking running yeah. um, external rotation mobility work functional training i'll talk about that in a second but like people tend to just okay let's work out and then they go on tiktok and they'll see these workouts but after a couple years of not really knowing the anatomy of your body and functional movement of mm-hmm. doing those movements and then after that what do you do you work at your computer internal rotation when your joints are internally twisted right you're until you're rotating then you're benching then you're doing curls everything's in front of you and everything's getting tight and tight and tight. oh yeah so like i have kind of a an addiction to this because i'm like passionate about posture and like being able to move and uh, move freely mm-hmm. so when i see people with bad posture i like kind of look at the I kind of look at it. it's weird but i'm like okay what's tight on this person or like ooh, this person probably focuses a little bit too much on the front delt because you can tell that like the the arms pinching down or like this person doesn't do any back mm-hmm. or this person doesn't stretch right. Or this person you know no legs so they're like so i would say if you want to get into training search up functional training and that works perfectly with longevity as well. Yeah. So like longevity, if you, a lot of like tests that Peter Atia does, longevity expert that mm-hmm. Zach and you guys know about, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. he'll test for gri- grip strength. He'll test for like um, getting up from a chair, seated position, not using your hands. Can you get up from a seated position? Can you sit down? Can you go from sitting or from lying on the floor to standing? Those are all functional movements that we take yeah. for granted. Mm-hmm. But like, man, we see it like even people in their 30s that get up even us sometimes we get up and it's like super stiff Mm. what kind of functionality is that if like it's like ah and then you have to try and get up out of your chair yeah so like functional strength and the second biggest thing is momentum if you want to get in shape or if you want to improve you have to start just start like all he's saying and then (laughs) build momentum so Mm. when for me and i think we can all attest to this once we lose the momentum, it becomes way harder. Mm. After a couple weeks of letting go, then it's harder. Mm-hmm. Um, a visual that I like to tell people is like, okay, picture you have this big boulder. Okay. And your your big boulder, when this reaches um, the, the final destination, final destination being your health goals, mm-hmm. you've succeeded. So let's say you do this. This boulder is perfectly round. Okay. And I start pushing the boulder a little bit. I put a lot of energy and I push it two feet. And then I stop. And then two days later, I try and push it and then I stop. Okay. I'm doing that while Ollie, on the other hand, Ollie goes like this. And every day, Ollie just gives it a little push. But the next day, he comes back and that boulder is still kind of rolling because he has that momentum. Mm -hmm. So the boulder is the momentum. You don't have, we give ourselves way too much resistance. When you start something, stop. You start this diet, you start this exercise program, then you stop. Then you start and you stop. That's the hardest part. Once you start moving the boulder, just keep doing it that's why Mm -hmm. right now i'm just walking like the past two weeks i haven't been feeling good i was just been walking i don't want to lose all my momentum Mm -hmm. yeah because then i have to start pushing the boulder again okay so i'm just giving the boulder little taps right now i'm like okay i know you're not making big progress but at least you're not at a dead stop right that's my two cents
0: and i think people would be surprised by how far they can get that boulder if they just every day push a little bit because at the beginning you might feel overwhelmed by where your goal is and where the boulder currently is and be like, holy shit, that's fucking kilometers away. But you'd be surprised. And I I found like, even reminding myself that whenever I have any goal, I find that motivating, just telling myself, you'd be surprised. Like, just do this every day. See what happens. Where you end up in a year could be like very surprising to you. So, I mean, just, yeah, you got to start it and and, and just, just keep going. Keep chipping away at it. Um yeah, so I think that that's big for for, for physical uh, physical health is just get the exercise going um another thing I wanted to say actually just to go back to the nutrition aspect is I feel like a lot of your results are gonna happen in the grocery store uh just don't buy the the bad things at least for me right. i if <laughs> if I have cookies and I have other stuff at my house, I'm gonna eat them and if I just win the battle at the grocery store and I don't pick out uh all sorts of like processed sugary foods then i'm then i can't eat them because i just don't have them at my house how do you go and,
2: about winning that battle at the grocery store every time you go
0: i every week. i don't know i guess i've gotten in in somewhat of a habit now where i'm, I'm pretty used to just getting the same things like I'll, right. I'll basically just get meat and vegetables and uh that works pretty well for me but i i do find when i have like some like chocolate or some like cookies or whatever at my house, I will eat it. Like the other day I got a, I got a gift. My brother's girlfriend gave me some, some chocolate. She was just in the UK. And so it's these chocolates that are like the, uh, the soldiers, uh, with, like, the hats and, like, the whatever. I don't know what you call them exactly, but those guards. It's chocolate-shaped like that. Oh,
2: okay, like and... the mini army men, stick men? Exactly, yeah. So, oh, okay. so I
0: had those, and I usually don't buy chocolate when I'm at the grocery store, but here's a gift. So now right. I have these chocolates right there. <laughs> and I'm the type of personality, like, I'll – I just, like, if it's there, I'll eat it, and I'll eat, like, all of it. So I ended up eating, like, both of these chocolate army guys, and then I felt like shit, and I'm like, oh, fuck. But it's – uh. Yeah, if I didn't have it, I, I wouldn't eat it. And and I know that for me personally, I've learned that where I have a tough time regulating the quantity. So, like, if I have something that I really enjoy, I have a tough time just being like, okay, I'm going to have a bite of the uh, the chocolate today. And then I'll, like, maybe have a bite next week. Or like, right. It's just like you take a bite and you're like, oh, I end up finishing the whole thing. Especially when so. you don't
2: eat it a lot and then you, like, eat that super sweet food. It's like it tastes. It's almost like. It's easy to just finish it all right away. I'm Yeah. There's, yeah. <laughs> there's
1: human biology versus willpower. And, hum, mm. and uh, human biology always wins. So like when we eat those sweet things, we're all the same. Like we always eat way more than we should. Right. But because our willpower is no match for human biology where our body thinks that, oh my goodness, here's some like high sugar things. Yeah. When, when our body gets sugar, basically it's just thinking like this is a lot of energy here. This is a jackpot. Mm -hmm. So like keep eating this stuff. This is jackpot. We get to store this and then we'll be good for a while.
0: And it's an overwhelming level of sugar in comparison to what we used to find. Like we we, obviously like our our DNA has been built because you you find uh, sugar in some berries or some fruit back in the day. And it's like, yeah, we hit the jackpot. This is actually good because fruit is really good for you. But nowadays you eat chocolate and you're getting a similar stimulus of like, oh, we hit the jackpot. But the get reality is, rush probably, yeah. Like, but the reality is that this food's been warped so much by those evil scientists that we we're talking about, <laughs> so it's right. no longer actually good for you. It's just like <clears throat> it's got that sugar, it's triggering the same pathways that we've evolved, for, like we've evolved to have for thousands of years, but it's actually just gonna harm you. So it's, it's a bit of a trick there, like they putting all the processed sugar and everything. I again. went um, grocery
2: shopping after the gym the other day. And I find like after the gym, if I go shopping, I'm like su- I was like super hungry, so I haven't I had not eaten any anything. So I find that was probably the worst time for me to go shopping because I ended up buying like a few sweets. I got some I was, brownies yeah. Just gonna and stuff. Say, my the- like, f- so <laughs> I was so hungry. Usually I don't buy sweets, but it was weird. Like right after the gym, I went yeah. grocery shopping, and I ended up like I left with like some brownies. I forget what else. There was like a couple other sweet things I don't usually get. Yeah, that's yeah. Not and true. it's like I- now that I think about it, it was definitely. Like I was, I was Just hungry. Really hungry,
0: yeah. And it's like, oh. And they had was... a farm on the pack, so you're like, yeah, oh, yeah. Had, yeah. <laughs> it's probably yeah. good for you. Yeah they, had, but, yeah, they had a
2: kale on it actually. It was <laughs> yeah. a kale on it. Some kale yeah. brownies. They said it was green and natural, so I figure, why not? Boom. <laughs> <laughs> that's all you. Need if it's, it's natural, know. well then it's. Yeah. Yeah. it's a cow take, on the bottom. my like money.
1: This is from Canadian, uh, Canadian farmers. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: Canadian farmers. So oh, it's not fair. not American.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck, you do not want American farmers. No. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I think that, I think those are good points for the uh, the nutrition and, and exercise, which are the big things for physical health. Sleep, I mean, eight hours is always good. Because uh, I, to me, when I think physical health, those are the three kind of yeah. pillars, right? So sleep, like we were saying earlier, uh, try to put the the lights away and the, and the stimulation away before you go to bed try to get your eight hours one thing for me like waking up i try to again stay away from the stimulus so it's not necessarily the sleep but it's you've just woken up Uh, i like to like put my phone away and then eat breakfast and it's like a more of a gradual ramp up like kind of like how we were saying you want to kind of ramp down into the sleep i find it beneficial for me to gradually ramp back up Mm -hmm. and if you just right off the start you start by watching tiktok it kind of just like I don't know. Fucks with your head a little bit. Yeah. You guys find that? Like, if you like, do you put the phone away or like not look at your phone immediately in the morning? Or
1: yeah, man. Um, if I start looking at the phone in the morning, I just tend to do that throughout the day. Yeah. Like the more Mm. you wake up, like this. Let's say you're at a cottage or whatever. You wake up and you don't look at your phone. Odds are you're not like programming your mind that day to continuously look.
2: You won't
0: check it as much that
2: day probably
1: too. Yeah. The first hour is huge. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah, it's like the momentum thing we're, we're talking about. It's like the the you have the long term momentum of you every day you push that boulder a little bit further, but there's like many boulder pushing things within the the long term thing that like you wake up and how are you gonna start this off? Are you gonna start it off by looking at your phone and then next thing you day you're next thing you know your whole day is sucked into the phone because you started it off like that, or are you gonna start it off you're gonna wake up you're gonna go for a walk you're gonna think about what you want to do for the rest of the day and that might lead to a way more productive and um enjoyable day mm-hmm. so it's it's like starting it off on on one uh, one path or the other well it, that
1: that so yeah. sorry if we want to tie that back to like our primal brain and like scientifically how that makes sense is like the dopamine system it wants to seek out pleasure right mm-hmm. so if the first <clears> thing in the morning that you do is you go on your phone and that's a pleasurable activity For the rest of the day, that pathway is going to be telling you, okay, dude, there's pleasure here on this device. You should use it. Um, If you do something different and you go to the gym and you, you know, after you work out, you feel good about yourself. Well, now your body and your mind and that system is saying, like, okay, there's pleasure here. There's pleasure in doing Mm -hmm. these things. And Mm -hmm.
2: more reward also.
1: Yeah. So you ever notice, like, you won't clean the house or your room for months. And then once you start, you know once you start sometimes you start cleaning and like next thing you know you're kind of addicted and you're like holy shit I'm like cleaning sweeping everything <laughs> right you can't yeah. stop it's yeah, like yeah. your our brains yeah. just want to give nice <laughs> sometimes i'll do that i'll shit. go
2: to clean one thing and then before you know it i'm like you're cleaning. like 30 God, minutes yeah. in like got a deep clean like everything it's and it's even, like it yeah. doesn't feel like it's it's not even your house anymore you're just <laughs> yeah, any other yeah, shit dude. you're just like, like knocking the neighbor's, <laughs> neighbor's door like you need it you need any help stop. with anything yeah. or it all comes back to the same opposite really start
1: cleaning something it, that's why the momentum is huge you start cleaning something and then you realize like oh my goodness I feel better that I did that and then your brain's like dude keep doing this it's making you feel good it's the same boulder yeah it's the same boulder just in a Holy. different aspect yeah it's all we operate on like the same systems right right. there are I think like seven neurotransmitters we okay. operate like there's like serotonin um adrenaline all those different things mm-hmm. but no poronephrine or yeah poronephrine nep- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Noporoneph- yeah
0: whatever yeah that's the new one there's eight however now. you say it yeah. there's eight? Yeah. well that's the new one. There. Oh, yeah that yeah. 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 makes them up yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh,
2: top top level scientists right here yeah for yeah. sure
0: <laughs> but that definitely is a big thing where i feel like people just aren't as motivated to pursue other things and maybe not as motivated to dive into their deep motivations because their motivation system is drained because they're getting their pleasures instantly on their phone and then mm. next thing you know you like i remember hearing um andrew Huberman talk about how this is a rare time where we don't have to work for our pleasures like hundreds of years ago you would always there always be effort before the pleasure to typically. be entertained also to That's be entertained like, you to work to do any anymore. sort of like if you wanted some sugary food you have to go find it yeah. If you want anything, there's always effort that comes before the pleasure. But nowadays, it's just pleasure. Snap your finger. You, like, order Uber Eats, whatever it is. And now people, they don't have as much of a reason to put in the effort because you just get the pleasure mm-hmm. easily. If, if, like, the the reward and the pleasure is what we're seeking, it just become too easy that, uh, yeah, you just get it easily. And, and then you get addicted and you don't have that motivation to go out and do the more challenging things. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, uh, I want to, I want to get into the the mental and spiritual health, like the practical tips. I think that's pretty good for, 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 uh, physical health. Like a lot of what we talked about, the nutrition, the exercise, the sleep. Um, now if people are, are wanting some, uh, more practical tips for, for mental health, what do you guys think? Like, I know Justin, you're a pretty big advocate of of journaling. like what do you find you get out of journaling What, what are some benefits that uh you, you can find in that? Journaling
1: I would use as like as much of a spiritual thing than uh like a mental health thing, but journaling is where you have those conversations with yourself to me, journaling is like where mm-hmm. I learn about myself, what I want, so that I'm more aligned with my purpose. Right. That's like to me, that's what journaling is in a nutshell. And yeah. it can help you sleep better if you like people journal for different reasons. So, like, some people just like stream of consciousness journal, which is just like before bed, if your brain's all over the place, just start writing stuff down. And for some people, getting it out of their heads on paper allows them to relax and sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm more of like, a, I just, the way I journal, I just ask myself a question and I answer it. Mm-hmm. So, like, if I'm not feeling too happy, I'll say, what makes me happy? what why am i feeling unhappy um like if you ask yourself those questions after a couple of weeks or months like you're gonna realize okay this is actually not making me happier this is what's stressing me out sometimes we have this big jumbled mess and we don't realize like okay like F- stacy at work is the one that's stressing me out yeah no and, right. i'm like stacy's yeah like i gotta ask to move seats and then oh my goodness and now all these different things like happen and get better or like Oh, I'm really seeking validation from this person, or I'm scared of what this one person thinks. So journaling allows you like figure that out. So I think that's what's good for your mental health.
0: Yeah, I totally see that. For like any of the times that I have journaled, it it does feel like that, where you have this jumbled mess in your head. At work, you're really frustrated or annoyed with Stacy, like she was really like bothering you all day, but you don't know exactly why. And then you start to write about it, like okay, she made that comment and you're just sitting with yourself trying to write and you're like, okay, I think that comment really bothered me because it like poked on this insecurity and then you start unraveling that. Why am I insecure about that? Why am I insecure about this? Next thing you know, you're like relieving some of your yeah mental health issues just by yeah. really unraveling it. But it's hard to think about it all in your, all in your head and really map it all out. I've, I've heard that the way we think, we do ourselves favors a lot of the time by jumping over certain words. And so when you write things out, you can't skip words if you want it to be a coherent sentence. Mm-hmm. Um, so in my mind, I might just be thinking, Stacy, annoying, da da, da. like you're not right. It really... makes sense
2: in your head. Like it feels like it makes sense in your head, but they're not fully formulated sentences. Yeah. So it's not fully formulated thoughts.
0: And especially if it's a huge topic, um, like let's say that comment Stacy made un- ends up diving into like a few different insecurities. And maybe this could be five ten pages of writing that's a difficult task to process all that in your head without putting it in order and and structuring it all but yeah you you end up kind of figuring it out and uh, yeah I've also heard from some um, psychologists like I know Jordan Peterson has said that um, it's if you it's basically like a supplement to therapy it's like your own personal therapy is 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 journaling Mm. because i think that's what happens a lot of time in therapy is that they'll ask a question and you have to think about it and they're like basically like pulling on certain things and um when you you can do that on your own in in a lot of ways like you just you write something and then like maybe you circle something and be like why is that the case and then next thing you know you're slowly like unmapping the way you you think Mm -hmm. and figuring out yourself so and, it's almost yeah, like dr- a
2: third person view of like a roadmap within your mind. So like you're saying that's what the therapists are doing, or the psychotherapist mm-hmm. asking those questions to figure out, okay, what's really happening. But when you're journaling and you're asking yourselves the question yourself the question, it's almost like you're like you're getting a glimpse into like the roadmap within your mind. So it's like if you really want to un- understand why you feel a certain way, or like these sorts of things. And, like, for me, like, I've actually started journaling also, like, um, not super long ago, but I found, like, it's made a bit of a difference. But I also find it cool, like, having that roadmap. So, I'm able to go back in time and to to see, like, the changes being made, mm-hmm. like, throughout, like, yeah. the months or Yeah, whatever. that part's really... It's really like, you have, a, you have a history it's a nice. little bit. Yeah. yeah. So, it's not, like, you just have that one day. It's like, you have a history and you're able to see growth or, yeah. like, whatever, like... That's, That's how uh,
0: Matthew McConaughey wrote a lot of that Greenlights, Greenlights book. I know he
1: calls it right? diaries. What's yeah. it called? Green Yeah, That's great. He, okay, he
0: apparently been journaling from a really young age. I forget what it was. Like I don't know, like ten years old or yeah, something. Really? And to write this book, he pulled out all his old papers, and he had so 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 many. And yeah, I think that that just helps you understand who you used to be, where you're at now, and can be motivating because let's say you reflect back on what you wrote two years ago. And Maybe you're writing about how you were struggling with something and now you've kind of overcome it It just proves to yourself. Oh, wow Look, I can actually make progress because sometimes it's difficult to to believe that you can make progress But if you keep track of it, it's it's easier to have concrete evidence. Mm -hmm. Well, look at that. I I actually did improve from that. So um, Yeah, journaling I I think is is huge. Um, So
1: like when some people Let's say someone's still unsure about journaling. They're like, I don't know. It doesn't seem like it's going to help me out too much. I have a question. What is 725 divided by 5?
0: Zach, you're the hmm. math guy here. Yeah, 48. So It's pretty hard to do in your head, right? Yeah. Life well, is yeah. way more complicated
1: than that one math problem, right? Mm, so right. we're trying to solve life in our heads. Yeah. What if I gave you a pencil and a paper and I said, can you solve this? 745 divided by five. Right. It right. only take me wow. like two or three minutes now. But you could solve it. Yeah. 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 Even it might take me a couple right. hours. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, <laughs> but that's I'd be able analogy. to solve it. Right. Yeah. So it's like right. we think we, we get a little too confident thinking like we can solve the complex issues of life in our yeah. head. It's like, whoa, 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 man. Like we can't even do five yeah. times. 15 in our heads we need a pencil and a paper so it's the same thing with goal setting i find like if i'll set some i like i
2: used to set goals in my mind like oh like oh i want to do this like this or this or this yeah but like when you set goals in your mind i find like you're not even really setting goals like unless you write them down it's like writing down your goals helps so much more for actually going after and achieving goals because when you like you set out even if you think it's an actual goal set in your mind it's almost like it's just a thought dude yeah like it's literally just a thought even like you feel like okay yeah I'm gonna do this like within a month I'm gonna have this done but you only think in your head I don't think you have the the same amount of
1: likelihood to actually accomplish that that if you had written it down you're on something able- man it's it's been scientifically proven um, putting it from in your head where it's kind of still imaginary onto a piece of paper puts it in the real world It makes it real. So it's like concrete. It's a real thing. Now your goal is on a piece of paper. So it's a, it's into the real world. Um, They actually did a study with uh, Harvard students. Um, There's mindset mentor. He always like uh, talks about this study, but I think it was Harvard in like 2010. Don't quote me on this, but they tracked Harvard students that wrote down their goals and journaled. And those that didn't the ones that did. So were 90% more successful than all the people that didn't. So by just mm. tracking your goals and setting goals, odds are you're going to be more successful.
2: 90%. Yeah.
1: And dude, it makes so much sense because what we talked about is we get distracted. If every day you're writing your goals, you're every day you're getting closer to them because they're always in your mind. Mm-hmm. If you forget about your goals for a couple years, maybe you're just in life, you're in a job and you're always yeah. busy, you kind of get distracted. It's in the back of your mind. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like even if you set out a goal
2: and then you watch like a three hour Netflix movie are you still thinking about your goal after or are you still like, you're probably not as aware of it. And yeah.
0: So- it just like in, it uh, ingrains a little bit more in your mind because you've thought about it. Yeah. There's another level. If you've written it down, maybe another level is you've set it to somebody else and now you just, you, you smoke spoken it, you've written it, you right. thought about it. That goal is just, yeah, just uh, more concrete because you have layers of, of where that goal is and uh yeah i think that's that's pretty good and, and um i do want to touch on the, the so do you guys have any other like mental health uh, improvements if not we can kind of jump into the the spiritual and then um the other yeah, time's getting close to our, our deadline here so we'll we'll get uh start wrapping it up but um what do you guys think I just health-
1: s- yeah one more last thing for mental health is like don't overlook all the physical health aspects when it comes to mental health. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you want yeah. your mental health to be good, you should prioritize like sleep, nutrition, and exercise. Yeah, for sure. So,
0: yeah, that that is, that is a big point, honestly. Like for my mental health, I found exercising one of the biggest things. You always feel mentally way better after you exercise. So, maybe, yeah, you're making gains. Like you're, you're building muscle and that's what uh, you, you first set out to do when you wanted to exercise. But you realize that the improvements to your mental health are almost even more like right especially with aerobic exercise um yeah the the mental health benefits are insane i've I've heard somebody put it like if you could get all the benefits of exercise into a A pill pill form it'd be the most popular drug in the world yeah just because it's like it'll reduce your stress, anxiety, depression, it'll all sorts of things. So it's, there's a insane list of benefits. Um, and a lot of them are mental. Um, so yeah, I think that's a really good point of just don't forget about these things. Maybe on the surface look like physical health things, sleeping, exercise, nutrition, but they all dive into mental health. And I mean, Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, like your perceived health is a mental thing. So, um, you're going to be physically exercising to improve your how you feel, how you feel as a mental thing. So it, right. it all almost plays back into, it, they all tie together. Yeah. It, it's the mental, physical, you're, you're not just the brain, you're not just the body. It's all kind of one thing.
2: Yeah, I'd and, actually like to tack on to that. I find um, like exercise and physical fitness is one of the greatest foundations. If you want to have um, good spiritual health mm-hmm. or good mental health, one of the best ways to achieve that simply is through exercise. I think, like, oh yeah, like, like you're saying, like, on your, your mood, for like, sure. for me, like, having, um, I find exercise is like one of the best things I can do for my mental health. Yeah. But it's not only that, it's if you wanna have, start taking your uh, spiritual health more seriously or like, um, these sorts of things, I find like being in good shape, feeling good is one of the best ways to have a good foundation to per- pursue mm-hmm. these things. If you want to improve spiritual health or mental health, it's yeah. through physical health, it's one of the best things you can do. And it's I think that exercise, it's almost like four times, I'm not sure the exact number, but compared to antidepressants and anti-anxi- anti-anxiety pills, yeah. it's like three or four times more um, more effective than those pills alone. And the thing about those pills is they're not long-term solutions. Right. Exercise and living a fit like a uh, fit life, it's a long-term solution. Yeah. And it's a lifestyle that will benefit your mental health greatly and maybe for people who aren't um like as spiritual, you might be able to feel good enough to develop that spiritual aspect or to grow people who are already spiritual. If you want to connect more with your higher power your spirituality, through journaling, whatever it is mm-hmm. for people. Um, like being in like in good shape is one of the best ways you can maintain that.
0: Yeah. I think that's that, that to me, like you're saying about how exercise can be equal or better to some anti anxiety or anti or depression medication. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Especially because obviously um, medication would have some, is likely to have some side effects uh, that aren't positive. But if you look at exercise and you look at it as an equivalent thing, mm-hmm. um, what are the side effects? The side effects might be all positive, right? Mm. So it's like you're, you're solving one thing and instead of having negative side effects, you have purely positive. But I do want to say too, like obviously, uh, we're not doctors. So there would be cases where it's not going to be – it's not a purely equal comparison of, oh, you can hop right. off your medication and just exercise. Yeah, but yeah it's for, like, for sure. But i have heard those studies though where where in a lot of cases it is equal or mm-hmm. better um so it's a natural remedy that uh, has so many other side effects that are positive and then you also mentioned sir i just wanted to yeah you, you were talking about the um the spiritual benefits that come out of exercise and that made me think about how when i'm really pushing myself during exercise it does feel like a spiritual development in a way like i'm thinking about recently earlier this year i did a, a half marathon and that's was such a grind for me, especially I was like two hours in my calves are cramping up. And it's just like you got to dig through this. And it felt like right. one of those spiritual things where you have to like let go of your ego or like you almost like detach a little bit of, from all oh my I, I feel like I want to stop. Mm -hmm. i don't know it's hard to explain exactly but i I, that made me think of like when you're really pushing yourself in exercise it does kind of feel like like a spiritual thing
2: that level of resilience that you have to have it's almost like you need to go outside yourself to get that energy or that last push to be able to do that Mm -hmm. and that could be different for everyone but i think that has to do with like resilience and for you you're saying it's almost like a spiritual out of body like it's that much of a challenge it's like you like your body's telling you you can't do it you got to quit it's but you're able to overcome at your core, that. kind of it's like yeah yeah it's like, like how far prim- can you like go it's like primal almost like mm-hmm. um it challenges your soul a little bit you're saying yeah like for find. sure
0: yeah and yeah so just what were you th- what were you going to say there
1: oh i was just going to say so uh, how you are saying uh, exercise has all positive effect like side effects are positive something that's super interesting and very promising is uh, sauna use mm. so Whoa. sauna use mimics exercise in a lot of ways because what exercise does essentially is like um, it circulates your blood right your heart rate goes up blood circulates better there's other things but um, they did a study on people that use the sauna for 15 minutes a day five days a week older people and they saw a 66 and a 67 percent reduction in dementia and alzheimer's
0: damn that's huge
1: just from the sauna so exercise has those same benefits right we we know that Mm -hmm. but just from a sauna which mimics a lot of the benefits of exercise
2: activates the heat proteins heat shock proteins yeah right Right.
1: so like there's you can't really get that in a pill form you can't get Mm. 66 percent reduction in dementia yeah that's
2: amazing physical adversity you can't put that in a pill like environment like cold harsh cold environments harsh heat yeah super hard things to do it's like Um, you're never gonna get those in pill forms have
1: you guys heard of hormesis no the concept hormesis no so when it comes to building resiliency or like um, living longer uh, i heard about hormesis through dr david st Clair. essentially what doesn't kill you makes you stronger Mm -hmm. so if you do something hard you're gonna get stronger hormesis applies to anything in life plants are one of the healthiest things we can eat right Mm -hmm. right plants are healthy for you vegetables and everything right but plants do not want to be eaten by us so when we eat plants they actually have compounds in them Mm, that are like not that good okay there's a bunch of vitamins but they're kind of trying to fight back or something yeah Yeah, yeah, yeah. so they're so good for us because it makes our it puts our body in a state of hormesis where it has to battle it so it gets stronger oh this is why excuse me this is why fasting is super important to live longer because you're adding a stress on your body Mm-hmm. What is exercise? It's that extra stress sauna. So, hormesis is the foundation of like making your body stronger your body, your mind, your spiritual health. Like, right. yeah, going through things that are difficult.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good um, mental switch too to start looking at stress as not purely negative. Like, if you're stressing, you have this minor stress on your digestive system when you're eating vegetables, but it turns out it's a net positive. You have a stress on yourself when you're in the sauna. You have a stress on yourself when you're in a, an, a cold plunge. When you're exercising, mm-hmm. it's a stress. And so these stressors grow you and end up being net positives. And um, I also know that there's benefits to like the mentality you have going into s- situations. So if you're looking at exercise or any other stress as this is something that's going to grow me, just looking at it from that perspective will give you better results than if you're looking at, Oh, no, stressor yep. is a negative thing, so right. I mean the ma- that's kind of like the placebo effect it it's It's like how you're thinking about the situation um, and the mind's crazy powerful in that way of just perspective and, and you'll get a better outcome from the way you look at it the The raw situation might be the exact same, but the way you're looking at it it, it uh it'll shift the outcome so right yeah, I think that's all good stuff guys i i mean uh this has been a good podcast. Thank you, Justin, Zach. Thanks for coming on. Thank
2: you very much for having us on. Yeah, Yeah, it's been a a great, Have a great time, man.
0: Yeah, thank you, guys. Thanks for listening. And uh, yeah, stay healthy out there. Take care, everybody.